Welcome to episode 14 of the Sheep Dogs Podcast. Today we're talking about an awesome topic I'm so excited to share with you guys. It is the G.K. Chesterton quote that Christianity is often not found tried and left wanting, but it is found difficult and left untried. Today we brought in Jack Hartwell to talk about this topic. We talk about how his conversion experience from non-denominational Christian to Catholicism during high school We talk about the difficulty of being Catholic in college amidst all the party party culture. We ask the question, is it worth it? Is this difficult thing worth it? We talk about the understanding of the human person and how it helps us become more authentic friends and Catholics. We describe the importance of listening and asking questions and how it's helpful when understanding people. And we talk about how in college we are in the world but not of the world. And how do we live this difficult faith? Only by laying brick by brick. We can't do it all at once. So yeah, it's such an incredible episode. I'm so excited to share with you guys. And yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. Don't forget to give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're tuning in, and share this podcast with all your friends. All right, all right, y'all. Let's get into it. Yes, yes, you know what it is. It's Friday. It is another episode of the Sheepdogs Podcast. Welcome back. It's your co-host, Johnny Drew speaking. We're here with Father Jacob Willig, as right, always, welcome. Michael Sullivan. Hello, hello. And a special guest, a very, very special guest. Good friend since, I don't even know, Jack, sophomore year, freshman year. Somewhere in there. Yeah, Jack Hartwell. Jack, welcome to the welcome podcast. Jack. Thank you. Uh, special is an overstatement, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Jack is in the alpha chapter of Beta. I thought that would be the first thing I'd mention because Jack's... Jack's a big beta guy. He's the alumni relations chair, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Yep. Um, and yeah, so Jack Jack and I were talking, and along with Michael earlier this week, and Jack is a convert to the faith, and recently we were just talking about, you know, what it, what goes along with that? Um, what are some difficulties that come when, when you are converting to the faith? And also maybe some things you didn't realize would be part of it once you got into it. So that's what we're going to be talking about this week, um, and Father Jacob, would you want to open us up in some prayer. Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. May we glorify you uh, in our lives, Lord, with everything we're called to today. We ask you to be present to us in our conversation. Thank you for Jack being here today and his witness to faith. And we commend uh, this podcast and all those listening to you, Lord Jesus. And we ask this in your most holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Just do it. Listen. Well, yeah, Jack, so could you just start us off by telling us your story a little bit, uh, how you grew up, what drew you to the Catholic faith, and then, yeah, the story of conversion in high school, and yeah, we could start there. Okay, yeah, sounds good. So, um, I was raised non-denominational. That's kind of my background. Uh, I had a couple good churches. We move a lot, so kind of floated through a couple churches just naturally because of the moves. Um. I went through one of theirs, kind of their version of confirmation, if you will. I don't know that they called it that, but it was 
eighth grade-ish, and I was a little bit underwhelmed. I was like, this is it. Uh, kind of felt like I was hearing the same seven stories on shuffle uh, and wanted to know more, wanted to go a little bit deeper. And I just had this hunch that there had to be more than just what I've been told so far. So um, where, I, where we were, naturally the first place I was going to look was going to be the Catholic Church logistically. And I think this is kind of a, a good point that I carry forward. Like the Catholic Church um, in that town was across the street from the high school. After the high school football games, they would have people over to the parish hall. They'd have, like, games and stuff. I don't know that I ever went to that, but they were present, right? We, the high school used our parking lot during the day. And so if I wasn't going to be where I was, I was looking for something else. It was an obvious first place to look. I had some Catholic friends that were pretty cool guys. So I thought, you know, me knowing nothing, I, I thought that, that made the most sense to, to start there. So... So I did. So I went to Mass uh, one Sunday, and I want a recording of myself at Mass so bad because <laughs> it probably looked horrific. Um, but I went, and that was the week they introduced RCIA. So wow. you know, I, I can I can kind of circle the drain a little bit on my all these like outside sort of influences. Is like, oh yeah, this is what appealed to me. This is what I liked. It was a beautiful church. They had a good choir. Yada yada yada. Cut to the chase. I think at the end of the day, it was a calling, um, and I I just answered the call, not because I was, you know, looking to answer a call, but because I, like I have in the rest, a lot of the rest of my life, I kind of see myself as a blind man walking around with a stick and kind of poking at things. And when I find something that's a little bit interesting, I just kind of keep poking at it, try to figure out what it is. And and that's what it was. And so, um, it's the call and, and went to RCIA and I joked that I just kept showing up on Tuesdays. The next thing I knew, I was confirmed and baptized in the whole nine yards. So, How old were you at that time? I was freshman year of high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I, I don't, I think my parents let me do it because they didn't think I would actually go through with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a funny kind of <laughs> aspect to it. Is I think once, once I was like ready to be baptized, they were like, oh. He actually did it. <laughs> so, but I mean, it worked out well. So they were they were pretty open to it, which was nice. Mm. Yeah, you said that you had a, a few Catholic friends, but did did you have any um, you know friends previously that you know weren't okay with you know the switch that you made, or maybe not? Not really. No, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't something. I, I think I, I talked about it a lot um, with some of my friends, but a lot of them were Catholic and. and Especially in that time, there were a lot of people that were going through the confirmation program at that time. So, like, I knew a lot of people that were Catholic. Now, that didn't mean, didn't mean that they went to Mass every Sunday, right? And that they were, like, very practicing. But I would say there was a decent, like, culturally Catholic part of that town that made it pretty easy to, to jump into. Yeah. Yeah. So, once you became Catholic, sometimes people become Catholic. And then if they don't have, like, a family support or community support, they tend to fall away. But it seems like you got more and more into it uh, in high school, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Maybe some priests in your life really helped out with that. Could you talk about, a little bit about that? Yeah, so I was, let's see, baptized, confirmed, and first communion. It, was, it would have been Easter of my freshman year. And then that June, we moved to where, where we currently live um, in, in Indiana. And um, I got super lucky. Um blessed really uh with, with the program i jumped into it was a program of ultra servers kind of like a fraternity of guys in high school um and one of the nice things about that was that they were not part of the youth ministry program the way that they were organized is they were they were directly overseen by the pastor so i had a lot of 
direct access to um, some really great priests at our, at our parish. So um, I think that that really helped um, getting to know them, getting to see how they do things. Um, and then, yeah, one of them uh, actually became my spiritual director, Father Brian Dorr, FBD, as he's known in the mm-hmm. diocese. Uh, he's known as FBD because his brother is also a priest, so you can't just say Father Door. You have to distinguish between the two. Mm-hmm. So there's Father Richard Door and Father Brian Door. So nice. FBD is, um, and he's the same guy that created Exodus. Um, okay. And so he's got a he was the vocation director for a while, recruited some incredible priests. The same priest that I got to know. Um, so uh, very very lucky and blessed in in that diocese with the connections I made and, and the people that I got to know. Um, and there were other people along the way that weren't priests, right? There were other men I looked up to, other friends that I had that were good Catholics that made it a lot easier. Um, obviously, yeah, like you said, not having the family um, to to get my butt out of bed on Sundays, um, right? It was one of those things where it was partially because I was serving at the altar, right? So, like, if you sign up, you got to be there. So that, that definitely helped. Um, but, yeah, like, if you weren't there, people would notice. And, and so that kind of external pressure certainly didn't hurt. Um, especially when, like I said, I didn't have the family to, to mm-hmm. lean on. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to get to the difficulties in a little bit, mm-hmm. but I want to talk about kind of those years because you had to have had some experience with like the joys of Catholicism that you didn't have beforehand. I'm wondering, was there something, I know you, you had those cigar nights you, you talk about with uh, some of the guys in the parish, mm-hmm. uh, things like that, conversations you had that you didn't expect or things that you're like, wow, this is why I really do find Catholicism like very powerful. Yeah. So I'm much more like intellectual uh, in my faith. I kind of fall under that charism and, and that was our associate pastor and I think very similarly and, and are all along the same lines. Um, so senior year of high school, it was the fall semester. I, I basically done everything I needed to do to graduate. So I was kind of taking a victory lap, which was a ton of fun. And I took a create your own adventure class. I think it was called Advanced Passion Exploration or something like that. Uh, it was some acronym where they had come up with you know Apex. They had come up with with the acronym before they figured out what it meant. Nice. And um, so I signed up for that, and I, so I kind of had a blank slate, a blank check, right to to write out and. So, yeah, moral theology sounds like fun, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Seems relevant today. <laughs> um, so I, I remember distinctly the phone conversation I had with Father Dura. I said, hey, I've got this class. You know, well, I want to do moral theology. Where should I start? How should I do this? And he goes, well, in order to start with moral theology, you first have to start with um, understanding the human person. And so I spent, we had a, kind of a wonky schedule, but every Thursday for like an hour and a half, I would go to his office We'd have like lunch and coffee and whatnot, and we'd talk about um, a portion of the Summa that he would give me to read, um, and we, we'd work through that. So I worked through about like 200 pages of the Summa um, that semester, which was intense, but a lot of fun um, getting to know that. And, and just understanding the human person, I think yeah. I could go on a long tangent about like why that's important and relevant, but I think having those those intellectual support, people that kind of challenge me intellectually and, and to kind of feed me that way. Um, definitely helped. I kind of do want to go a little bit into that. Like, what about learning about the human person? Did you find like you were maybe missing beforehand, or you you learn it? You're mm-hmm. like, how did I not know this yet? So we'll definitely get into this. I think um, with some of the difficulty that we're we're going to talk about in a little bit. But right, like a lot of a lot of times, people will just sort of think that sin exists, 
and all you have to do is just not do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a there's a perspective in sociology that I'm not a fan of a lot of sociology personally, but this one I, I do think is really relevant, and you see it in Thomistic you know thought is this idea of functionalism, right? That like sin in some cases serves to um, conceal a wound or to to fill a need mm-hmm. in a person's life. Um, and, and if you don't understand the person, you don't understand those needs, you don't understand those desires, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be able to get to the root cause, right? You're just putting, right. you're, you're taking ibuprofen for a headache, doesn't fix the fact that you have a tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, might, maybe the pain will go away for, you know, a couple hours, mm-hmm. but you're not making any forward progress by just taking ibuprofen all day. So right. um, I think that's, that's one of the things that really kind of was opened up to me. Uh, and... and you understand that, right? It makes you a lot better at um, apologetics and, and understanding it and just being a good, authentic Catholic to other people because when they're talking about their struggles and, you know, what they're going through, you're not like, well, you just need to not do that. Like, I don't know why it's so difficult. It's like, no, mm-hmm. ah, you want to do this because of your concupiscible desire to, you know, um, see the good in this whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's much more complex than that. And so when you understand the kind of the framework and the foundation, you're able to understand it and kind of address it more more appropriately. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Michael, you were the one who originally brought up the G.K. Chesterton quote. So I'd say let's get into it. Do you, can you in, introduce us to this idea? Yeah, so basically the quote is um, from G.K. Chesterton is, Christianity is not tried and found wanting, it is found difficult and left untried. And the way that I was thinking about this was there's so many positive sides to the faith. And, you know, we experience those every single day. However, you know, when we talk about the faith and we evangelize on campus, we say things like, man, do you want to live a life fully alive? And people are like, oh, yeah, I do. And, you know, they might investigate. Um, but at some point, they're going to reach reach a area or a difficulty or an issue that is really hard for them to agree with the faith. Maybe it's something they 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 struggled with in the past, and that's where it becomes super difficult. And if you're not fully if you're not fully ingrained in the faith, are you are you really trying like the whole Christian life? So I think where this kind of connects to is like how how do college students often like get distracted by the the everyday life of being a college student and the, the temptation, the sin that can come with being a college student. Um, and that kind of makes them, it, it makes the living the Catholic faith much harder, I would say. Absolutely. Um, so do you, does anybody have any input on kind of like specifically on campus, how living here can make it so much more difficult and how do you, are you able to like live the faith despite that? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, kind of going from Jack's story of high school, entering into this college, right, you experienced more difficult aspects of the faith at times. I can speak real quick. Yeah, I. you don't have your family, first of all. I, I grew up in a big Catholic family. Uh, to have you say the rosary every night, it's up to you if you are going to go and pray. Um, I didn't, None of my friends were really practicing Catholics. I didn't. Michael came a year later. He, he's a year younger than me, and so I had to be really a self-motivating person if I wanted to keep my faith a strong part of my life, uh, and just, it's readily available to drink, like, easily, um, any night of the week, at least at Miami, a big party school, which a lot of college campuses are, 
And yeah, just you don't have a very virtuous, challenging friendships, I feel, that I did in high school uh, when I was involved in my youth group and things like that. So that's for me, Jack. I don't know if you have any other perspective on that. Um, I mean, yeah, I think one of the difficult things about being Catholic in, in college here in Miami, but I think elsewhere, and, and I don't think we're unique in this, is, you know, we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. And it's really tough when you're in the world to not get carried away. Um, cause it is a very enticing, right. Opportunity. There are a lot of things that are, that are offered, you know, on credit. I'll, I'll let my finance and econ side show for a little bit, right? Like we, we, we get these things and it's like, Oh yeah, just have some fun now. And right. You're going to wake up next morning and kind of regret it, but that don't worry about that. That's, that's tomorrow use problem. Um, and other things like that where, you know, you get to, to have your fun now and, and the repercussions of it aren't necessarily obvious or they don't come immediately. And so um, it's really easy to get kind of carried away. I would say um, along those same lines in college, you're a price taker um, and not a price setter when it comes to a lot of different things. So like, for instance, sleep schedules can be a big one. Um, I love my roommate. He is one of my best friends. We've known each other since freshman year, but Oh my goodness, that guy likes to stay up late and get up late. And I'm trying to get up at 7.30 and go to the gym with a couple other guys. And so um, it's difficult, right? It's not quite as easy as as it could be um, just by the nature of it. Um, you know, I had a good friend um, that he would come into my, into my room and he would go, he'd go, O-Pub. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to O-Pub. It is Tuesday night. I've got stuff to do. I'm not going to O-Pub. And he's like, oh, I'm not leaving until you go to O-Pub. <laughs> and so where would we go? We'd end up at O-Pub. I'd finish up what I'm working on. We'd end up at O-Pub. So all that is to say, right, like it, it can be a lot of fun. And those aren't bad because I've had some of the best conversations of my life with him at O-Pub. He's one of my best friends. I love him to death. That might have been where the idea for this podcast started. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good thing. Good things happen there, right? But I will, I, I will not try away from the fact that I did not make the 7.30 a.m. gem run the next morning, mm, right? right? And so mm. those sorts of things, that discipline can be difficult um, because you are kind of in the moment. Um, and, and I don't think that's necessarily bad, but uh, it can be definitely challenging when you're trying to stick to a schedule, stick to a discipline, stick to a routine. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's super easy to see, you know, there, there's, there's super attractive sides to it, like especially here at Miami. I mean, the community that we have here in the Newman Center – and like some of the service projects we do, like that's something that people are really attracted to. But uh, yeah, sometimes like that, just like the the discipline that you need in order to like grow in virtue or like the, the desolation, that's a scary word that, you know, comes along with uh, Catholicism sometimes. Um, and like for a lot of people too, it could be just like hard, like social teachings of the church that, you know, they haven't experienced before. Those can be like real barriers and struggles that they go through. Um and, you know, that's just something that, like, we have to, like, in order to be Catholic, they would need to work through. And it is hard um, yeah, to get there. Absolutely. I, I, I asked this question to one of my friends, Craig, one time. And I was like, why do you think it's so hard to live faith in college? He's like, well, you have men, women, drugs, alcohol. All these things are readily available. And so it's honestly easier to say yes than it is to say no at so many times. Mm. And so if you didn't grow up in a family that taught you virtue, the commandments, you know, respect and love for God. Like, why wouldn't you indulge in these things, you know? And yeah, I think that's that's the sad thing about many people is they just don't know any better, really. 
one of my favorite moments of a movie from The Giver, actually, if you guys have ever seen it. Um, it's about the guy who learned all the senses, all the things of the world that no one in this utopian society knew. And he had the opportunity to show all these people what it was. And the giver asked him, like, why do you want to do this? He says, because they don't know any better, but I do. And so, yeah, we as Catholics, we, we know better. Sorry, excuse me. We know better. That doesn't make it easier, right? Hmm. So just because we know better doesn't make it easier. Yeah, Jack, going back to you, even though it's difficult, you know, is it worth it? You know, Yeah, so I think kind of to take a quick step back, right? I want to bring back that functionalist perspective again. Um, I think one of the one of the things, especially about college, that I see is we are a bunch of young birds leaving the nest, jumping out of the nest for the first time, trying to learn how to fly, right, and navigate our, ourselves in the world. And it's going to be messy at times. And I think that there is a there is definitely a, some room for patience. I think this is one of the biggest things that I've had to learn um, myself over the last few years is. I'm going to screw up and that doesn't make the screwing up okay necessarily, but in some ways it's part of the experience. Like that's part of learning how to fly is you're going to have to stumble a little bit. You're going to have to, I kind of like to to think that a lot of ways living life is a lot like a dance and you're going to run into things. You're going to be a little clunky before you find the rhythm. You find how to, how to kind of move and, and work in that system and that environment um, and I think college is really a lot of that. So, you know, back to some of the, the Thomistic stuff, it, yes, there is some people that don't know better. There are people that n- know what the right answer is, but when it comes, when push comes to shove, when they're, you know, w- when they're really actually asked that question, it's not that they don't know what the right answer is. It's that there is another desire there that has yet to be addressed um, and, and so, you know, maybe they'll, they'll go in a way that the church would disagree with. And that's not, again, justifying that direction, but, you know, when they go down that, that road, it, it's a good opportunity to say, all right, you've seen where this can take you. It's not where you want to go. How do we course correct? How do we pivot? How do we you know step in? But, you know, there's a, there's a line that they, my mom told me, um, they use with um, the, the surgery residents in the hospitals. You have to give people just enough rope to hang themselves. Um, and it's a little bit morbid. Doctors have kind of a very morbid uh, sense of humor. But the reality is, like, you know, you, you can't kind of baby people and let them, you know, keep them so guarded and, and, and protected. Uh, you have to shove them out into the world and there are going to be some rough parts, but it's coming in after that. And you know, once they tie the noose saying, all right, now's the time to step in. Let's take a step back and, and undo this before they really get themselves in the pickle. Um, I see that that's, that's part of college. And I think that's again, like that patience I've had to teach myself because it can be really frustrating. Um, somebody that does know the right answer. You're like, yeah, why do I keep screwing up? Right? Like, why do I keep right. making the same stupid mistakes? And it's like, all right, take a step back let's be a little patient let's work through this let's go back to those first principles and really figure out what's going on here um otherwise we are going to keep making the same mistakes so i know that was a little bit of a sidestep from from the question but i think it's kind of a a, we we need to that's a way to frame it that allows us to to understand what's going on no absolutely i think i heard once 
a psychology uh, psychologist explain it where you can understand someone's actions without excusing them in a way. Like you can mm-hmm. love them where they're at mm-hmm. while still calling them higher. And I think Father Jacob, as a priest, you do that all the time. Mm-hmm. That's like what a good shepherd is, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you... I mean, this is your first year on a college campus, right. so that's exciting. You see it in college students all the time. How do you how do you do that? How can we have our friends, you know, love them where they're at, but still continue to to call them higher? Sure, sure. Yeah, well, it's a delicate balance, of course. Of course, we're always you know saying boldly Catholic, and I think the biggest thing we could do is how we live ourselves, because people notice that, uh, especially when you're living differently on campus. Uh, when you're living it yourself, when people, when your roommate asks, yeah, why are you getting up at 7.30 a.m. to either work out or, you know, go to the chapel to get in your holy hour or, yeah, go in the Sunday Mass. It is like your your witness is an amazing witness because, yeah, when people are in those moments of struggle, they realize that they do long for something more. So I think that's the first one. And then, yeah, as difficult as it is, too, just not to be afraid to be different, to realize as Catholics at times, we're going to be different. We're going to be different. We're going to talk different. We're going to look different. We're going to act different. And so just those things are a great witness to people. And then when they're in the moments of struggle, to be there to support them. When they're there at the low moments, whatever it may be. And just to have the simple invite, you know, hopefully we're like the, the high school offering the, the food after, you know, like, okay, we want to be there for people. Um, but that our life should actually challenge their life at times, right? And it makes people uncomfortable at times, but also hopefully they see something like, I want that, whatever mm-hmm. that guy has. Um, and so there's a lot of different ways to do that. I think with each different personality, right. And you always got to have that balance of like praying, like, okay, is it a time to challenge? Is it a time to be merciful? Um, but I think in all that is wrapped up, but yeah, realizing like our witness of who we are, who we're called to be, how we speak, how we act, what we do, what we don't do is even more important sometimes than we do. Right. But then, uh, yeah, living out our faith ourselves is uh, an amazing witness for people. And then when the time's right, inviting them into that, or just inviting them to something, um, or yeah, speaking to that faith, giving a witness about what we do, you know, not necessarily having always to tell them. Usually they know what we do. And then uh, just being ready to give witness when asked, mm-hmm. I think is huge. That's huge. That's huge. Michael or Jack, on that note, do you guys have any stories from your personal experience of being that living witness in college, challenging someone? I don't know. I have like an exact story, you know, that, that's with a good opening, rising action, you know, falling action, conclusion, sort of, sort of, sort of thing, right? But there have been a lot of times, uh, you know, you, you mentioned early on, I'm, I'm in beta, in a social fraternity, right? And there are guys that, um, we've had some good conversations um, about, you know, religion, Catholicism, those sorts of things. And I think two of the biggest skills that people often lack, and I think really turn people off from, um, being converted in whatever it is, whether it be Catholicism or a political persuasion, any, any point of view, um, is people don't listen and they don't ask questions. Um, and I think that's really two of the best pieces of advice my dad ever gave me was, you know, listen to people, understand what they're saying. And, and again, that, that Thomistic understanding where they are really understanding what's going on behind the scenes, even if they don't know it. Right. But then phrasing it like a question, so not accusing and saying, oh, well, this is what you need to do, right? right. So the best marriage advice I ever got came from a podcast. Um, and the guy the guy said that uh, anytime his wife starts to tell him about a problem that she has, he always kind of cuts her off right before she gets to go and, and asks her if this is a listing problem or a solving problem. And I think what's so genius about that is sometimes people just want to be heard. 
and they want to be validated in their experience, and sometimes they actually want advice. And those two, if you get the, if you get it wrong, um, can be really off-putting. And so just listening, and then asking questions like, is that what, was it worth it? You know, what, what, whatever, whatever, you know, what, what do you think about X? What do you think about this? Do you think you know is there is there more to be had? Uh, kind of asking those those questions to try and lead them on. Um, you sort of want them to discover it for themselves in a lot of ways. Right. Uh, kind of lead them down the path. You kind of Hansel and Gretel leave some breadcrumbs, but um, you don't want to. You know, you don't want to sit there and get your ruler out and start dictating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, point by point. Here's where everything you did wrong, right? right. And here's everything you should do next time. Right. And like that's not. You're not going to win any friends by doing right. that. Yeah. I um, think that's so true too, because using that method, you could often lead people. To the deeper human problem that you mentioned, you know, when they, mm-hmm. they're seeing the effects, you're like the doctor asking mm-hmm. questions, right? They're seeing the effects. I have this headache. I'm not sure why, but yeah, I continue asking those questions. Hopefully they could find their true deepest desire in that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, when they discover it themselves and be very helpful. So that's a great method. That's yeah. good, Jack. Well, last, uh, one thing needs to be added to that is like patience. Mm. Um, yeah. It's not going to be right. There's, there's not even an aha moment in that, in that time. One of the, Kind of coolest lessons I ever learned. Um, I don't know how it came to me, maybe through divine, you know, intervention or whatever. <laughs> but sometimes we're very quick to think that we didn't have an impact in people's lives because they didn't say anything. I see this in beta all the time. Um, I've had a lot of great opportunities and great, great um, experiences there. I've been able to give back and, and teach a lot of the younger guys how things run, how procedurally, how things should work, you know, how to operate in some of these situations. And just because they don't go, ah, aha, at, at that moment doesn't mean that you didn't have an impact and you didn't convert them. A lot of people, a lot of times people are a little shy about that. And so being patient and not expecting a, a big, you know, glorious moment, but, but a small conversion, um, you know, San Jose Maria Escriva, one of my favorites, I'm going to butcher the quote, but he, he wrote in, in his book or his collection of, of sayings the way, right? Like, if you see how that big imposing building was built, it wasn't, you know, overnight. It was day by day, laborers come in, and brick by brick, they build the they build the building. And it's just that constant brick laying mm-hmm. over and over that really, you know, over time builds the building. And so that that's all I, I think it is, is you wake up, lay some bricks in some people's lives and then fall asleep and repeat. Um, and at the end of the day, you're going to have a, you're going to have a building, but it's not going to happen overnight. Mm, yeah. Right. We've just been talking so much about like the struggle and how, you know, it, it's hard, but it's also like really good. And I, I just remember, um, I, I love watching the Fulton Sheen videos on YouTube all the time. And, uh, I just had to look it up, but it's one of my favorite quotes is sometimes, the only way the good Lord can get into some hearts is to break them. And I think that's like so connected to like my own story here at college where it's like, man, you, you have so many times in your life where you just like fall and you're like heartbroken about it. But, you know, like a phoenix from the ashes, you know, you <laughs> rise up and you, 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 that life experience, like you were saying, you mm-hmm. kind of have to like learn the hard way sometimes. Um, it, it, it really brings you closer to him. Um and I think that's just like really awesome. So I just need to fit in uh, Fulton Sheen there, no matter where I try to fit him where wherever I can. So. Absolutely, it's great. Absolutely, uh, and I I love. Uh, I think 
when it is difficult, you need to have your things that you need to come back to and say, okay, why am I doing this? And Jack, you have an interesting answer when I asked you this the other day. Like, yes, sometimes the faith is difficult, but for you, like, why, why is it still something worth doing? Uh, because it's true. Um, I don't know if that was what I said. That's, okay. That's what I was going for. <laughs> you, you, you said, oh, I had a good answer for this. Like, am I going to be able to remember what I said? <laughs> yeah, I re- no. Replicate the, the, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Like I said, you know, I'm very intellective in my in my faith. And so for me, it's it's because it's true. Um, and the number of times that is very annoying, I can't count, right? And it's like, man, I really wish that this was, you know, not the case. But I can't. I can't get away from it. If I am... If I am interested in the truth, and then this must be it. And if this is it, that has some pretty serious implications, which are not always the most fun. Um, and and you know, I think just squaring that in, intellectually is is kind of how I go about it. It's kind of how my brain works, I guess you could say. Absolutely, sure. Yeah, that's a that's a good final word there. I love it. Yeah. I do want to throw no, one Jack, last thing. Out, I, would, I would be upset with myself if I didn't squeeze in the fact that I am by no means a saint yet, uh, and I do not have the answers to all the questions. I don't have it figured out. I'm not, you know, walking around with some sort of um, glow. Like it, no, um, you do look good though. Thank you, thank <laughs> you, thank you. Um, I mean, it, it's it's difficult, right? And I think. It, again, being in the world but not of the world is is a tough thing to do, and I don't do it perfectly. In fact, I would say I'm probably one of the worst Catholics I know when it comes to actually doing it well. But, um, I you know it's it's about showing up every day. Sometimes it's about getting your participation points and showing up and and just putting the effort forth. Um, and even in those moments where um, there's a funny video my friend showed me, it's so relatable. It's, this guy walks into this office and this guy's like, Hey, you have to check in. And he goes, not now chief. I'm in the zone. And just like, keeps walking. Like there are definitely times where like, that's sort of like my attitude towards the faith. It's like, not now chief. Like, I don't want to deal with it, but you know that you have to. And, and even in those moments, right. It's, it's, I'm not always the best about it. And so I don't want to give the impression that I'm like, I have it all figured out and that I'm, you know, somehow have mastered and cracked the code now far from it. But I'm just, uh, the only I don't have many virtues. The only virtue I think I do have a grain of is steadfastness. Mm. Some would call it stubbornness. Um, <laughs> where like I'm even when I'm not feeling it, I'm just being drug along and I'm still here. I keep showing up, um, whether they want me to or not. So um, just sticking with it. It's tough at times. You feel like a complete idiot at times, but um, you do it anyway. So well, thanks for that witness. You know, we're all uh, we're all a bunch of sinners in the church at the end of the day, and like. If it wasn't for God's mercy, where would we be, you know? Mm-hmm. So I know we're all we're all just men on this journey together, you mm-hmm. know? And so, yeah, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for your witness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Jesus is the truth. So we're on the winning team, you mm-hmm. know? So, uh, yeah, thanks for that witness. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Jack. Fun time. Yeah. This was awesome. I, I, we should have uh, get more into the, the – we only touched on the theology, Thomistic – yeah. You know, Suma a little bit, but I'd love to dive deeper one day. It was a free trial version, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. More, more to come, but you got to subscribe. So, <laughs> Awesome. Well, Father Jacob, could you close us out in a prayer? Yeah, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And thank you for 
coming into our lives that we may know you and uh, know your healing graces and just know the, the fullness of life that we could find in you. May we continually just remain connected to you, Lord, you who are the vine, who uh, just want us to know your graces, your lifeblood uh, flowing through us also and the Holy Trinity present within us in our baptisms. We are indeed your beloved sons, as imperfect as we are. May we continually know your grace and always step forward in faith to just be witness to what you have done in our lives. Commend all this to you, Lord Jesus, through Mother Mary, as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Sheepdogs. Sheepdogs out. out.